0: The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Pacific Life. Protecting generations of families for 150 years, that's the power of Pacific. Good morning, I'm James Hellman from the Washington Post and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, November 14th. In today's news, Donald Trump Jr. secretly corresponded with WikiLeaks about Hillary Clinton's hacked emails. Attorney General Jeff Sessions is entertaining the idea of appointing a second special counsel to investigate Democrats, and a federal appeals court lets Trump's third travel ban partially take effect. But first, the big idea. Whether Roy Moore wins or loses, there is no good outcome for Senate Republicans. Republicans face a lose-lose situation in the Alabama Senate race. If Moore goes down next month, the GOP's working majority becomes much more fragile. If he wins, Republicans would struggle to get rid of him, and his presence would cause countless headaches in 2018. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is trying to prod the Republican nominee to step aside. He said Monday that he believes the women who have accused Moore of having romantic or sexual relationships with them when they were teenagers. Cory Gardner, the chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee, which is the Senate GOP campaign arm, said that Moore should be expelled if he wins the December 12th special election. But Moore is not going away. He was defiant even after a fifth woman came forward Monday to accuse him of misconduct when she was a minor. Here's what will happen if Moore loses to his Democratic opponent, Doug Jones. The GOP's margin of control in the Senate would shrink to 51 to 49. That would make every single Republican the deciding vote on every single bill, which anyone who's ever had an attack ad run against him or her during a race for Congress knows is not a great spot to be in. Here's an interesting stat. Mike Pence has cast five tie-breaking votes in 2017. That's more than any other vice president during their first year in office in U.S. history. Without that Alabama seat, Republicans would not have been able to repeal the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's arbitration rule last month. They wouldn't have been able to open floor debate on the repeal of Obamacare in July. They wouldn't have been able to reverse an Obama administration rule that prevented states from withholding money from Planned Parenthood. And they wouldn't have been able to confirm Betsy DeVos as Secretary of Education. But let's also talk about what happens if Moore wins. Expelling him, as Cory Gardner suggested, would be much harder than it sounds. Whether to expel the newly elected senator would become a wedge issue that deeply divides Republican senators. Only 15 senators have been expelled in all of American history, and 14 of those were traitors who supported the Confederate insurrection. The last time a senator was removed from office this way was 1862, during the Civil War. It would require the approval of two-thirds of the chamber to kick Moore out. There are also a few precedents that work to Moore's advantage. The most helpful is the case of William Roach in 1893. The allegation against him was that he had embezzled money when serving as a bank teller before getting elected to the Senate. The Senate declined to expel him because they said that they didn't have jurisdiction over members' behavior before they were elected. The alleged embezzlement had occurred 13 years earlier. Moore's behavior occurred more than three decades ago. The bottom line is that if Moore wins, he's going to get seated and he's going to be in the Senate. In that event, though... He would be a constant lightning rod. McConnell's now on tape saying that he believes Moore's accusers. Moore's focused his campaign on ousting McConnell as majority leader. To say that their relationship would be awkward seems like a big understatement. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, President Trump's eldest son, Donald Trump Jr., exchanged private messages with the organization WikiLeaks during the presidential campaign at the same time that that website was publishing hacked emails from Democratic officials. Trump Jr. did not respond to many of the notes, but he alerted senior advisors on his father's campaign, including his brother-in-law, Jared Kushner. WikiLeaks urged him to promote its trove of hacked Democratic emails and suggested that Donald Trump challenge the election results if he did not win, among other ideas. WikiLeaks tries to bill itself as an anti-secrecy group, but in fact... As CIA Director Mike Pompeo said in April, the organization is usually helped by anti-American state actors, specifically Russia. Number two, Attorney General Jeff Sessions is entertaining the idea of appointing a second special counsel to investigate concerns raised by right-wing media outlets about Democrats. Those issues include the FBI's handling of the investigation into Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server while she was Secretary of State and various other dealings of the Clinton Foundation. Many legal experts see this as Sessions inappropriately bending to political pressure from the White House, perhaps to save his job. Sessions' relationship with the president has been significantly strained since he recused himself from the Russia investigation, which prompted the appointment of Bob Mueller as special counsel. Number three, a federal appeals court on Monday allowed Trump's third travel ban to partially take effect. The court ruled that the government can for now keep out those targeted by the measure who have no bona fide tithes to the United States. That means travelers with family members or job offers here may be allowed to enter the country. The government has argued that this ban is necessary for national security. Various versions of the measure have taken a torturous path through the legal system. And so far, none has succeeded in sticking. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, November 14th. You can read much more about what's going on in Alabama in my newsletter at washingtonpost.com daily202. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Hellman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.